0: So whether you're in the room or whether you're online, happy Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah, but also maybe not. Because let's be honest, Mother's Day can be incredibly hard for some people. For some of us it's, it's joyful, the circumstances are wonderful, but for others it's hard. And because it's like that, because it's one of those days, it's one of those days that puts in front of me one of my favorite characteristics of God. Now, I've got to be careful here because you won't find this characteristic in any theological work. But I believe that God is one of the greatest opportunists that ever lived. And what I mean by that is I I just have this fundamental belief that God, if we allow him, will step into any situation and make the best out of it. There's a verse that actually tells us that. It says, God is working in all things for the good of those that love him, who are called according to his purpose. And I don't think Mother's Day is any different to that. So if you come here, excited and happy about Mother's Day and that you were able to celebrate at home and gonna celebrate later on, or whether it's gonna be a hard day for you, I really believe that God has given us this Mother's Day opportunity to connect with him and to learn from him and, and, and about him so that we can be transformed. And so I wanna begin by saying, thanks, Mom. And I wanna say thank you because of the power of gratitude. Thanks, mom. And most of all, because of the power of gratitude. So I had a lot of fun researching this sermon, lots. And, and one of the fun parts of it was going down the rabbit hole of psychological research around happiness. And there's so much of it. And here's something I found about the power of gratitude from the world of psychology. It's from the Harvard Medical School, and it's Harvard Health Publishing, and it's in one of their blogs. And it says this, in positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. And because they're a medical journal, scientific, you know, they've got to then start talking about proof of that. And and they have all these different studies. And I should know a lot about psychological studies because I I learned about them repeatedly. I did psychology one twice, so I know about this kind of stuff. So here was one study. One study is they took three groups of people and for 10 weeks they asked them, one lot, to write down things that they were grateful for during the course of every week. For for another group they asked them to write down things that annoyed them and irritated them for 10 weeks. A third group was asked just to write down things that, that were neither negative nor positive but had influenced them. And what happened at the end of 10 weeks was that those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic, felt better about their lives, and surprisingly, they also exercised more and had fewer visits to the doctors than those focused on sources of aggravation. Isn't that fantastic? Fantastic. And there were a whole lot of other studies. One study, and I know Rich will be excited about this because it ties in with a marriage course, is studies of couples that express gratitude to each other regularly. Their marriages are stronger, and they're also able to talk about the difficult things in their relationships more than couples who don't express gratitude to each other. So it's, it's, it's abundantly clear from the secular psychological world that gratitude changes the way our life is. But the truth is, that's not just psychology. I, I've experienced that so often. When I think of gratitude, I often think of a young man by the name of Jono. John o is a friend of mine and I have permission to share his story. He was in the youth in the church I was in in East London. And Jono, Mother's Day, quite frankly, is difficult for Jono. Jono's mom abandoned the family when he was about three years old, and his dad had issues where he wasn't able to care properly for the family. And so, at the age of about nine or ten, Jono was fostered by his grandparents, and so his grandparents became his parents, and 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 that was a challenge. His, they were much older. Um, They had severe health issues. But Jono went through school where his grand and grandpa were his parents. And as Jono was getting towards the end of school, he wanted to go into the ministry, and then he discovered that maybe isn't what God had for him. And and then he decided he wanted to go into aviation. He, He loves airplanes. And Jono... Wanted to become an air traffic controller, but he didn't qualify. Eventually, after a long journey, he became a ramp controller. If you wonder what that is, if you're like me and you like watching aeroplanes, you know that guy that plugs himself into the aeroplane right there at the end where they're pushing it back and talks to the pilot? That guy's the ramp controller. And he's got a hugely responsible job. He's got a make sure the aircraft has the right amount of fuel, that it's been loaded properly, that it's properly balanced. And, and, and that's what Jono became. But that job took him away from his parents, his granny and his grandpa, and took him to Cape Town. And so he got disconnected from them one-on-one, but still loved them. His granddad. died. Recently, his grandfather died. And now, John O's on his own in the world. Oh, he's also lost his job because of the downturn in the economy. But despite all of that, I get so excited when I see a message from John O on my, on my WhatsApp. Because I know I'm going to have an amazing conversation with this young man. Because one of his spiritual disciplines is gratitude. And one of the things he does when he has his his quiet times is he goes to his phone and he goes through his photo album and he just looks back through his photo album and remembers great moments with his grandpa or great moments with this person or that person and, and, and he just practices thankfulness every single day of his life, even on a Mother's Day when we would expect it to be hard and difficult for him. Here's what's beautiful about gratitude. It's not just something that's important in the world of psychology. It's not just something that's important in the world of individuals. But it's something that's incredibly important in our spiritual journeys as well. You see, because it, it's a fundamental thing about who God is and what he wants from us and for us. My main text is Psalm 136 and I'm going to give you some homework, I would love you to go home and read Psalm 136 this week, it's not long, it's only 36 verses long and, and the nice thing about it is every second line is exactly the same and so it's, 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 it's not hard. But this is what Psalm 136 verse one says. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. And so the first thing I want us to grasp hold of this Mother's Day is the gift of gratitude, this gift that God gives to us. And I want to unpack it a little bit, and I want to unpack what this whole verse has to say about it. And so the first reason this passage gives us to, to give thanks to God is that He is good. All of us have those moments when we don't feel like God is good, all of us. All of us have those moments when when something has happened to us that we can't explain. Something that makes us feel like God is angry or, or God is punishing us or God is unfair, we all do. And often I find myself as I connect with people around grief and around sorrow and around tragedy where I I can't explain what's going on, but I can say this to them, I know that God is good. The truth is that even in our human relationships it happens like that, doesn't it? I remember a moment, my kids when they were small grew up on a campsite. They were quite angry with us when we moved away from that campsite because hey, What kid doesn't want to grow up on a campsite? You go karts and bicycles and all sorts of things. And so they had this huge yard to ride around in on their bicycles, but apparently that wasn't enough for Zippy. And and one day I I walked and I looked out of the gate, and there Zippy was pedaling as fast as he could back to the campsite on the tar road on which he was forbidden to ride. And when he and I met, he knew that I was angry. In fact, he felt some very real consequences in that moment. And I am absolutely certain if you'd asked him in that moment, Zippy, is your dad good? he would have said, definitely not. But I was good in my own human, weak, imperfect way. I was being a good dad because I didn't want him to dry, ride under, end up under the wheels of some car on that road. And so the Bible tells us that as a fact, as, as a truth beyond questioning, that you and I must give thanks to the Lord for he is good. But Psalm 136 says more. If you go on and read the rest of the Psalm, and please do, please do, you will see that it it lists all the reasons why God is good why we should give thanks. It talks about amazing things that God does and miracles that he performs and acts of of love and kindness and justice and the beautiful world he's given us. It just goes on and on and on. Let's face it, folks, this last week in Durban, the weather, hasn't it just given us the reason every day to look outside and say, man, God is good. And so God is good, not just He must be thanked, not just because he's good, but because he does these amazing, miraculous, unbelievable things. It's Mother's Day. And some of us have the privilege of being parents and having looked at those children that God has given us. One of my favorite things about new dads is how proud they are. They're like act as if they're the only person who's ever done anything like that before. And like It's happened millions of times and you didn't do any of the really hard work, did you? But we're still so proud. God does amazing things and we should give him thanks. But There's a third reason and it's a really important one. We should give thanks to God because he tells us to. We should give thanks because God tells us to do it. Now, often we react when God tells us to do things or we react when other people tell us to do things because who are you to tell me? I mean, I'm sure as parents, we've all had that, you know. Who are you to tell me? I'm your mother. And the truth is sometimes we're being completely good and selfless when we do that but sometimes we're just being selfish. The beauty of God is when he commands us to do something, he's never doing it from a selfish motive. Because God is God, he can't be selfish. He can't be egotistical. So when God commands us to do things, it's not because he wants to lord it over us. He's commanding us to do things because it's the right thing to do and it will always be good for us. It will always be good for us. It's, it's like, he is the perfect parent. It's like a mom telling the kids, do it. Why? Because it'll be good for you. And he commands us to give thanks because it's good for us, because it changes us. It changes us. I mean, we've seen that, the, The psychology proves it, doesn't it? O's story proves it. That when we are thankful, it genuinely does change us. It changes who we are as people. Sometimes, Sometimes the Bible puts it in a negative sense. You know, when Paul says, don't let a root of bitterness grow up in you. Because if you do, it'll give the devil a foothold. That's the opposite of being thankful and grateful. And just like bitterness will change us, gratitude will change us too. It will transform us into being who Jesus wants us to be. So being grateful and giving thanks changes us. But not only does it change us, it also changes the world around us. It genuinely changes the world around us. I mean, the truth is, all of us want to hang out with a happy person, don't we? All of us want to be around that person who just kind of lights up the room. And so often those are people who are grateful, who are sharing the goodness of of their lives and the life that God has given us. There's a beautiful picture of this from a mom in the Old Testament a picture of gratitude and how a person's gratitude not only changed their lives, but changed the world. It's a story of a woman called Hannah. Hannah was, one of, was married to a good man who had two wives. And the other wife was able to have children, and Hannah wasn't. And so Hannah begged God to give her a child. She begged God, she prayed, and every year she would go to the temple and she would pray. And then one day, God answered her prayers. For years she prayed and prayed, and God answered her prayers, and do you know how she expressed her gratitude? Do you know how she expressed her gratitude? She gave her child back to God didn't just say thank you, the Bible tells us that when the child was weaned, she took him back to the temple and gave him to God, and he lived there his whole life, and he became a man, and his name was Samuel, and Samuel fundamentally changed the path of, the, of God's people in his lifetime. Listen to what Hannah says in 1 Samuel chapter two. Hannah prayed, I'm bursting with God news, I'm walking on air, I'm laughing at my rivals, I'm dancing my salvation. I I just love her, her, her joy and her gratitude. But you see it wasn't just spoken gratitude, it was lived gratitude. I'm gonna give my child back to God. Here's what's great about Hannah's story. So if you go and look in 1 Samuel chapter two, you'll see her song. It's longer than what I, wrote, what I quoted to you here. And it's a beautiful song of gratitude, not just for what God does for her, but for what God is doing for the whole of the Israelite people. I wonder how many of you know who, which other mother in the Bible is really excited about the birth of a child, and also does a song and quotes Hannah. Anybody know who that other mother is? Mary. Mary. When Mary sings her song, when the angel tells her she's gonna be the mother of Jesus, a lot of her song comes from the song of Hannah. A mother's gratitude. Not just changing her life or her child's life, but the whole world and where it's going. So here's another reason. We are told give thanks to the Lord because of all sorts of things, but the main reason the Psalm tells us to give thanks to the Lord is that his love endures forever. His love endures forever. When I think of endurance, there are a couple of pictures that come to mind, but two pop up immediately. The one is like a, a giant rock or a giant cliff, or a massive geological structure that just stays around for millions and millions and millions of years. and you know it eventually wears away, but it takes hundreds of thousands of years. Can I tell you what the other picture is? Single moms. Single moms. I mean, I've been a parent, and I had three great kids. And I had a, a wife who was we were privileged enough that she didn't have to work while the kids were small, and we had together, and it was hard. But single moms, you're I don't know how you do it. I I, I honestly don't know how you do it. Well, I do. Endurance. God-given endurance. Endurance of a mom is a remarkable thing. Again, one of those great stories in Scripture. And and this is a story about a a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law. And it's found in the book of Ruth. And, and I'd go and read it too. Okay, I know I'm giving you lots of homework, but do it anyway. In, in, this, in this amazing story, Ruth has moved out of her country because there's a famine. And she's, she's, she's got two sons, and, and those two sons marry two wonderful women, and then her husband and her two sons die. And she decides she's got to go back to her homeland to die. And so she tells her two daughters-in-law, you know, just stay here. Just stay here, because it'll be better for you. And her one daughter-in-law, Ruth, says this to her in Ruth chapter one, verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Now, it's easy to romanticize that picture, but the truth is, Ruth had no guarantee of any kind of life being with Naomi. A widow in in the world that Ruth and Naomi lived in was the the most vulnerable person imaginable. And so she didn't say she was going with Naomi because because her life would be better. I mean, go and read the story because her life turns out amazing. But that's not why. Her, Her endurance... She said, I love you, and nothing, not even death, is going to separate you and me. Have you ever heard that story, I love you, and not even death is going to separate you and me? See, it's not just the story of Ruth and Naomi, it's also the story of Jesus, of our Savior, whose love endures. Forever. You see the beauty of who Jesus is and what He's done for us. Is that He endured unspeakable pain. He endured living with His disciples, who I imagine the times were really irritating. Go and read the stories. You know, there were times where they abandoned him. There were times where they, where, they, where they cursed him. There were times where they let him down. There were times when they were ignorant. There were times when they were annoying, where they just wouldn't learn. But he never gave up on them. But even more than that, God proves the endurance of his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says that we must fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. Research tells us that most of us are able to quite well endure sudden unexpected pain. Our bodies are built for that. But those of you who are Afraid of needles. How are you feeling about that vaccine that's coming? So I'm not afraid of needles, so it's not an endurance game for me. I'm just going to walk in there, take it. I'm going to be so happy. But Jesus didn't just have to endure death, he had to spend his life enduring the anticipation of his death. He knew. All the time that he was going to happen to him. And why did he do it? Well, this passage tells us because his love endures forever. It's Mother's Day. And God gives us two amazing lessons on this Mother's Day. Give thanks because it's good. And why? because God's love endures forever. We're gonna get ready to celebrate that. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up and join me while I remind you of what it says in Psalm 36, verse one, and then Psalm 36, verse 26, which is the last verse. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven, why? His love endures forever. Lord God, thank you for the gift of gratitude. Thank you for the gift of being able to express our thankfulness. Lord, thank you that you, you have helped me grow so much during lockdown because I was taught by people like John O. Edgerton to intentionally practice thanksgiving. Lord, thank you that, that I can celebrate today the reality of your love that endures forever. Lord, thank you that, that those of us who can with joy look back on our moms or look at our moms this morning and say thank you for that picture of love that endures forever. But Lord, thank you that we as your children can also give the gift of a love that endures forever. Not because of it's, our, it's our love, Lord, but because it's yours. Lord, thank you, and we give thanks to you because your love endures forever. Amen.